right. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, if you have your Bibles, we are in the book of Psalms. Uh, we are continuing our study uh, through what uh, is called the Psalms of Ascent. There are 15 psalms or songs that uh, the Israelites would sing as they made their journey, as they made their way back to Jerusalem. And uh, so these are special. These, these were sung on a, on a regular basis as they made their way back uh, to the big feast. And, so, uh, and they have a lot to do with where we are today in our world. And I want to remind you, if you're taking sermon notes, that we, we don't have bulletins. And so uh, instead, what we're going to ask you to do, we'll throw up a, a slide on the screen or uh, across from you in a lot of places. Uh, you may see that there is, uh, there's a picture. And so uh, you can scan uh, that little QR code with your phone. If you just point your camera at it, zoom in, uh, it will pull up the sermon notes, and, uh, and you'll be able to fill in the blank. By the way, there's a cheat code. Uh, you can actually choose to, to show all the answers, okay? That's not as fun. It's not as fun, but you can do it if you want to cheat. Uh, so, so that is an option. When it's all said and done at the end of the day, you can email those notes to yourself. You can save them on your phone as a PDF. It's really, really helpful. In addition to that, there's a little uh, button in the top left corner that says Interact. And that's your digital bulletin. That's got the announcements that you need for the coming week. It's got all the links to the Zoom meetings that we have. And so uh, it's very, very helpful. And so we want to encourage you guys, whether you're here in person or at home, to do that. Uh, let me pray for us, and we'll jump into Psalm 129. Uh, an interesting psalm, to say the least. Let's just say that. It's an in if you read ahead, you're going, I, I don't know what you're going to do with this, Pastor. And so uh, we'll see how that goes. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. God, we know that your word is alive, that it's active, that's sharper than a double-edged sword. We know that it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And God, we just declare this morning we need all of that. Uh, God, we also declare that we need you. Holy Spirit, we want to invite you now to come and take your place in our pulpit as the teacher of this church. We pray that you would lift up Jesus in our midst, that we would see him clearly in, in this Old Testament uh, passage, and that we would want him more than anything else this world has to offer. In Jesus' name we pray all of these things. And God's people said, Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Alright guys, so uh, Psalm 129, I'm, I'm going to read it. If you want to read it with me, if you've got to open your, your uh, sermon notes there, you can actually uh, hover over or, or click on where it says 129 in the title. It'll, it'll pull up the whole psalm for you to read. And so here is what the word of the Lord says. Uh, since my youth, they have often attacked me. Let Israel say, since my youth, they have often attacked me, but they have not prevailed against me. Plowmen plowed over my back. They made their furrows long. The Lord is righteous. He has cut the ropes of the wicked. Let all who hate Zion be driven back in disgrace. Let them be like grass on the rooftop to its withers before it grows up and can't even fill the hands of the reaper or the arms of the one who binds sheaves. Then none who pass by will say, May the Lord's blessing be on you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. So I want to clarify what's going on here. This psalm is written, we think, probably uh, post-exilic time. And, uh, and so uh, it's written, and what the psalmist is clearly saying is, man, I have experienced great hurt, sorrow, and oppression in my life. Right? That's what he's saying. He's saying, man, listen, uh, I, I've been greatly oppressed. Uh, I, I, it's been like I've been plowed over. And man, man, let me tell you, they didn't do it quick. They did it slow. They did it long. They did it deep. Uh, he's got great hurt in his life. But he, he says, but, but God has, has cut the reins that, that are attached to, 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 to the oxen, right? So, so, so that's stopped now, but I want you to hear me. Then the psalmist says, uh, even though it's stopped, I ain't okay. And, and so he says, I hope, and so it ends, I hope the Lord doesn't bless you. 
That's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. I mean, he, he basically prays that the people that oppressed him would not receive the Lord's blessing. Another way to say that is that they'd be cursed. See, this is a tough psalm, and, and, and there are some of them like this in the Bible, and, and they have a title. They're called imprecatory psalms. I'll put that on the screen for you. Uh, an imprecatory psalm, it's a psalm that invokes judgment, calamity, or curses upon one's enemies or upon those who uh, are perceived as the enemies of God. It's literally a psalm that says, hey God, uh, curse them, curse them. And, and so listen, I, I thought this morning I could go through this psalm, we could go line through line, I could tell you what every line means, uh, but I didn't know what that would really have to do with us. And so instead I thought, what if instead we talk about what we should do when we feel like this? Amen? Anybody ever felt like asking God to curse somebody? Come on. Don't lie, you're in church. Uh, you know, it, so what do we do when, when, when somebody hurts us so bad that we, we kind of, in our heart at least, we want harm to befall them? What do we do? And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I think there's three things that are really important that we remember when we feel like cursing someone else. And here's the first. Uh, guys, first thing is, is it's important to keep a biblical perspective on suffering when we feel like cursing others. That's the first thing I want you to know. When we feel like cursing others, it's really important to keep a biblical perspective on, on suffering. Now, I shared some of this with you actually at the very beginning of this series, so I'm going to fly through these pretty quick. If you're trying to keep notes, remember at the end, you can click the button that has all the blanks filled in. So, so just hang with me. Uh, but, but I think it's important every time we talk about uh, what the Bible has to be about suffering, that we have kind of a, a quick understanding of what that is. So first things first, uh, guys, is this, is, is that sometimes, according to the Bible, sometimes our suffering is simply a result of living in a fallen world. Right of living in a fallen world. Sometimes things happen to us, and it's not because of our own personal sin. It's not because somebody did something against us, but it's because we live in a fallen world. Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve sinned and sin entered the world, uh, God says that the, the, the earth itself was cursed. The earth itself was cursed. In fact, in the New Testament, it declares that all of the earth is groaning. That all of the earth is groaning for redemption. So guys, we live in this broken world. And so sometimes we, we face... Uh, Plagues and pandemics and earthquakes and floods. And, and those things aren't because of your individual sin, but rather it's because we live in a fallen world. That we live in a fallen world. And listen, Jesus came and, and He lived the perfect life and He died in our place, not just to redeem us, hear me, but He's in the process of redeeming and making everything new. Everything. Everything. So that's the first thing we need to understand. That sometimes we, we suffer because we live in a fallen world. Secondly, guys, sometimes we suffer as a result uh, of our own decisions. Of our own decisions. Another way to say that, sometimes we suffer because of our sinful choices. Right? And, and, and we know this. Uh, we, we, we see it all over. Um, you know, you, you've got somebody in your family that smoked for 40 years and they have lung cancer. Right? And, and, and what happened? They got lung cancer because they smoked for 40 years and those things. You, you have somebody that has abused alcohol all their life. They have cirrhosis of their liver. Those things happen. Um, maybe, maybe you, like me, are, are, are kind of the product of, of a broken home, right? Uh, my dad left when I was very, very early. So, so listen, uh, though I, I loved him, um, we didn't have the same close relationship that I had with my mother, right? Why? Because, because he left. 
And, and, and there are consequences of sinful choices. And, and so I always say that to people. Listen, I know marriage is tough. Maybe, maybe you're listening to me at home and you're thinking, man, I don't know. I, I'm thinking about divorce. I don't know. Listen, there are consequences to those behaviors. And just don't be surprised later in life when you don't have the relationship with your children that you thought you would have because there are consequences to our choices. So, so uh, listen, uh, God allows us to face the consequences of our own actions, all right? Uh, third reason why we suffer is, uh, guys, we suffer because sometimes um, others' actions against us. Sometimes we suffer because of what other people do to us. Other people just, just are mean, and, and they hurt us, and, and that happens. That certainly seems to be what the psalmist say. He said, listen, man, we, we, were, we were held in, in captivity, man. Listen, we were destroyed. Our, our city was destroyed. I mean, if, that, if this was written uh, post-captivity, you see, listen, we, they, they plowed over us, and they plowed deep, and it was done unto us. Now, we could kind of talk through some Bible things about how, how they weren't obedient, and that kind of led to captivity and all those kind of things. But, but ultimately, listen, the, the horrible things that happen in life, sometimes they happen because other people, other, other people do wrong to us. And, and sometimes we, we suffer because of that. And so those are the three reasons why we suffer. But I, I think it's also important that we have a biblical understanding about what God's Word says about suffering. So do, do you know God speaks more about suffering than you could ever imagine in the Bible? I mean, I mean one, one, of, one, of, one of people's greatest uh, reasons that they, they don't want to follow Christianity is because they say, well, how can, be, how can God be good and loving and there still be so much suffering in the world? Well, this good, loving God talks about suffering all throughout the Bible. All throughout the Bible, he talks about it. And, and so God's word actually has some promises about suffering. Number one, uh, he promises that we're going to suffer. Right? That we're, we're, we're going to suffer. That's a promise that we will suffer in this world. Uh, John 16, Jesus said, Listen, I, I've told you these things so that in me you might have peace. Because you're going to have suffering in this world. Be courageous, though. I have conquered the world. And, and so we're promised suffering. Uh, not only are we promised suffering, though, but then God makes this promise. And it's amazing. He says, And, and hear me. Uh, though suffering is hard, though it's not good to you, I want you to hear me, though, though, though it's not good to you, evil hurts us, this is God's promise. I'll redeem the evil that happens to you, and, and I will make you better for it. I'll actually use it for good. I'll actually use it for good, right? Romans 8, uh, 28, uh, and so, so that second point there is God uses our suffering for good. Romans eight twenty eight says, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Now, we, we hear that verse and we go, okay, but, but what it, you know, God uses everything. Well, listen, that verse begins in verse 18. Okay, so, so Romans 8.28 begins in Romans 8.18, and verse 8.18 says, uh, Paul writes, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that's going to be revealed. Which means that when it says we know that all things, that all things that Paul is talking about is all the hard things, all the difficult things, all the bad things. That's what he's saying. I know that all the difficult things, God works for the good of those that love Him. And, and He, he kind of opens that up in Romans 5 when He says, listen, suffering produces endurance, and endurance ultimately produces character. Because somebody says, well, how can this be good? Because it's, what happens to us isn't good. But what God does with His redeemed children is He takes evil, and, 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 and He takes that suffering, and, and He will actually use it to produce endurance in his children as they long and wait for him. And then that endurance ultimately uh, is, is birthed into Christ-like character, which has the power to change the world. Okay? And, and so it's, a, it's a big deal. Finally, last promise of God I would share with you, and, and, and we're just trying to get through point one here. The last promise of God is that uh, God promises that uh, all suffering will end. 
that all suffering will end, right? Revelation 21.4, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Uh, uh, grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. And so guys, the first thing we need to know, when we feel like cursing someone, right? First thing that we need when we, we're just so mad, we kind of feel like calling down cursings upon somebody. The very first thing we need to remember is, is we need to have a biblical perspective on what the Bible says about suffering. Second thing we need, guys, is we need a biblical perspective on sin. Okay? It's important to keep a biblical perspective on sin when we feel like cursing others. Uh, Romans 3.23 says, for, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay? And w- which means something. It means, listen, not, not only are we all capable of, of, of being oppressed, of, of suffering, okay, hear me, but, but according to Romans 3.23, we are actually all capable of causing others to suffer as well. Right? And, and, and so this is what I want to kind of talk to you about. Because we have a tendency to see ourselves when we read Scripture. We always see ourselves in the role of the oppressed. Alright? So when we read the book of Exodus, we see ourselves as, as, as Israel. Right? And, and, and we, see, we see Satan, rightfully so, spiritually speaking. Right? Satan is the great oppressor that has kept us in bondage. And Jesus has come, the great messenger of God, and he's broken us. Like, everything's meant to point to Jesus and to the God. That's absolutely true. Okay? But, but hear me. It is possible. Remember, the same people of God here, the nation of Israel, it's like, man, we were greatly oppressed. They, 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 they plowed over us. The, the same people group is then going to turn around and oppress the Samaritans. Okay? Okay, the same people that have experienced great hurt are going to go hurt other people and treat them as second class citizens. That is going to happen. And the reason why that's going to happen is because we are all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. And when somebody hurts us, one of the things we need to remember is that they are sinners, but I'm a sinner too, and I am capable of just as much evil as they are. So I want to challenge you, every once in a while when you read Scripture, I want you to ask yourself, God, Is there any area of my life that I'm actually more like Pharaoh than I am your children? Right? We're going through some hard things in our country. Listen, people of color for a long time have been begging for help, saying, hey, I don't have equality. And and it seems they they constantly run uh, to to white people to say, help me. And and many times it seems like we've said, yeah, man, I'm in. I'm going to help you, right? And and we're there for a little while. We're an ally for a little bit. And and, and then, you know, something happens like abolish slavery, but then we allow Jim Crow laws. Right? And at some point we have to look in the mirror and go, God, listen, any time you have a position of power, anytime you find yourself in a position of power or privilege, it is possible that you could cause someone else to suffer. Like that, that, That's a possibility. And we've got to start seeing that. We have to. Okay. So, so listen, it, it's important. There are going to be times in your life you're going to feel like saying to somebody, saying to God, I just want you to curse them. And when you get there, what do you do? When you get there, you've got to remember a couple things. Number one, uh, here's what the Bible says about suffering. Like It happens for lots of reasons. And even when somebody sins against me and that's why I'm suffering, I need to remember that I too am a sinner and I am capable of great sin. Okay, which brings me to the third thing we need to remember when we feel like cursing others, guys. We need a biblical perspective regarding our Savior. When we feel like cursing others, we need a biblical perspective regarding our Savior, right? And so, uh, 
the suffering of the people of God throughout the Old Testament is often referred to as, as, as plowing. That's the imagery that's given um, by the Old Testament prophets. It says, you know, basically that Israel is going to be plowed uh, and, and has to, how God's going to turn over the ground so that he can, he can, he can work again, those kind of things. And so that's a very biblical perspective. And so here the psalmist is saying, man, I've been plowed. And, and listen, the, the plowman ran his plows deep. And where did he run them deep? On my back is what he says. And, and here's what's really important. Remember, everything that happens to the nation of Israel throughout the Old Testament ultimately points to Jesus. Right? Ultimately points to Jesus. And, and so this, this difficult suffering that the nation of Israel goes through, what is that going to point to? The fact that Jesus is coming and He's going to suffer for our sins and for our sake. That's why He's called the suffering uh, servant throughout the book of Isaiah. And so listen, Jesus comes and what does He do? Right? The psalmist writes, and, and the plowman plowed deep over my back. And so what does Jesus do? Uh, John 19 once says, Then Pilate took Jesus and He had Him flogged. What was that flogging? That, that word in the New Testament is not uh, flogging necessarily. It's not a great term. It's, it's scourge. And, and so what the Romans would do is they would take somebody and they would uh, strap them to a pole and there they would beat them with the cruelest device that was ever designed. It was called a cat of nine tails. It had nine leather strips uh, and in those strips, uh, worked all through those strips were everything from glass to metal to bone. And when they would beat someone, those things would pulverize the flesh. Oh, they also had lead balls, by the way. Uh, they, would, they would pulverize the flesh. They would stick into the flesh. And then they would rip out of the flesh. And 39 lashes our Savior took upon His back. The plowman plowed deep. In Isaiah, it says, speaking of Jesus, Isaiah 50, verse 6, He says, uh, God speaking, it's prophetic about who Christ will be, who the Savior will be. I gave my back to those who beat me, and my cheeks to those who tore out my beard. I did not hide my face from scorn and spitting. And, and you see, where, where are we going with this, Pastor? Here's, here's where we're going. That Savior who took that beating, that plowing on His back, what was His attitude towards those who did it? What was his attitude towards those who did it? This, this, we're going to be followers of Christ. He's our example. Here's, here's his attitude. Uh, Luke 23, 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Right? That's how Jesus responded. We, we, we've got how the psalmist responded. Psalmist is like, uh-uh, curse them suckers. But how did Christ respond? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He taught his followers, Matthew 5, uh, 43 and 44. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what the psalmist is saying, man, I hate my enemy. But I tell you, Christ says, he raises the bar, he always does. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who persecute you. So here's what I, this is why I think we should still be singing a song like this. To remember that Jesus is better. Right? We sang that song last week actually that Jesus is better. The whole book of Hebrews declares that Jesus is better, that his standard is higher. And, and in those moments when we feel like saying to God, God curse my enemies, what do we look to? We look to His Son, the Christ. And how did Jesus respond? Well, He was better. And instead of cursing His enemies, 
he prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, friend, I don't know if you know this, but the Bible says that we all at one time were his enemies. Aren't you thankful for a Savior that prays that his enemies will be forgiven? Amen? Amen. So what do we do with that? What do we do with that? I'll give you some application, and we're going to wrap up so we can get you out of here on time. This week, I know, I ran five minutes late last week. I watched. I was late. We said it would be 45 minutes. It was 50. We're going to get you out on time. Here we do. Number one, uh, and, and this is where this psalm should be emulated, by the way, is just in its honesty towards God. So number one, we, we need to cry out to God when we feel like we're suffering. So this is where the psalmist should be emulated. Listen, he's hurt, and he's not going to hide his feelings from God. That's why I love the psalms, right? I mean, some people just cry, God, I'm angry. God, I'm mad. God, kill them. And he's just like, listen, that's not a great prayer to pray, but at least he's honest with God. He's going, God, I'm, I'm struggling. God, I'm a sinner here. God, this is how I feel. And listen, you can take your honest feelings to God. And, and, and if you feel like you're suffering, you need to go to God. Say, God, this is how I feel right now. God. Here's how I feel. I am suffering. I am struggling. And so we need to cry out to God when we're suffering. Uh, secondly, though, uh, we need to remember, even as we cry out to God, that we are sinners too. See, because sometimes we're going to suffer because just we live in a fallen world. Sometimes we're going to suffer because of our own sin. But especially when we're suffering because of what somebody else has done to us. Right? Come on. Who's been hurt by somebody? Just a few. Only that many? The rest of you are good. You've never been hurt. We've all been hurt by someone. And man, when we are hurt, gosh, it's hard. And in those moments, what helps? I'm going to tell you. You're not going to like it, but I'm going to tell you. One of the things that helps deal with it in Christ-like manner is to remember I am capable of deep hurt too. Okay? Okay? That person that hurt me is a sinner. I'm a sinner. I just need to remember that. It's going to help me not just cry out, God, kill them. Um, so just remember, third thing we do, then, is we pray for our enemies. We pray for our enemies. This is what Jesus told us to do. We respond like Christ, not like the psalmist. Right? So the psalmist is like God smote him, and Jesus is like God forgive him. God forgive him. We've got to get to that point, friends, when we, we start praying, God, I, would you forgive those that have hurt me? Because, listen, Jesus says if we can't do that, then we're not going to be forgiven. Then we're not going to, that's what hangs in the balance, by the way. It's a big deal. And lastly, and, I, and again, I, I think this is new for some of us, right? Is we need to make sure that we are not causing others to suffer. I want to challenge you as you read through Scripture. This has been one of those eye-opening things that God has put on my heart. Is, is Listen, a lot of times, we, we do rightfully, spiritually so, we need to see ourselves as the oppressed and Satan as the oppressor, absolutely. But we also need to be aware in life that in certain situations, because of our power or our privilege, that we are capable of causing others to suffer in some way. And if we can honestly admit that, and we can pray to God, God, would you show me those areas that I could be causing anyone to suffer? You could be causing someone to suffer in your family just because of your, your attitude, Right? I mean, I mean you, you were raised in a house where your father was, oh, no, 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 and that's how you are now, and your kids are like, oh. I mean, they're not like reverent of you. They are afraid of you. We don't have to do that. Okay? And so, so I'm, I'm always capable of that. That kind of changes things. So listen, there are going to be times in life that you're going to feel like asking God to curse somebody. <laughs> it is absolutely going to happen. It is part of, of our fallen nature and humanity. 
Here's the deal. As Christians, when we feel that way, our goal is to be honest with God. It's to remember who we are. It's to pray for them instead of cursing them. Not, not praying God, curse them. God, forgive them. God, bless them. Okay? And it's to make sure that I'm not doing anything like what they're doing to me to anyone else. That's the call. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, it is good. It's also hard. It's not the thing that we just always want to jump into. But God, it is so important and necessary. And Father, some of us in this room, some of us uh, in our living rooms, we are here and we're dealing with this text emotionally because we have deep hurt in our lives. And Father, it's hard sometimes to pray, Lord, would, would you uh, forgive this person? Or, or like it, it's, it's hard when people hurt us in ways. And, and Lord, I pray you would remind those, especially those that have been hurt in, in deep, um, sinful ways, Lord, that forgiving somebody doesn't mean opening yourself back up to any form of abuse, right? Rather, it means, God, would you save that person? God, would you change that person? That's, that's the way that we pray. Father, for those of us that have never thought that we could somehow be a part of the problem, that we could actually be causing suffering in somebody else's life, would you bring uh, that to focus in us as we, we read the Bible, that we might see ourselves sometimes in those roles as well, that we might be part of a change, um, not just in our world, but God, in the lives of those uh, that are around us. God, we love you, and we want to love others well too, God. Do this work of sanctification in us so that we can look more like Jesus and less like ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.